When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80 and the ESPN app, along with the Kansas City Chiefs prophet, Michelle Smallman, who always gets Chiefs games right, Chris Canty. Evan Cohen with you, and if you think something was stolen from Florida State, you haven't seen anything. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we got a problem right now. Monday is not getting off to a great start. Came Uh-oh. into the studio, ready to go this morning, ready for firing off some hot takes because we had some upsets yesterday around the NFL. And then I noticed that my slippers were gone. <laughs> what? And uh, you guys have seen them the last couple of weeks. I bought the house shoes in here because it's more comfortable when you're doing a four-hour radio show to have some house shoes on rather than having some sneakers or dress shoes on. So I had yeah. my slippers. Every time I get to the studio, I kick my regular shoes off, put my slippers on. It puts me in a good mood. And I was ready for that feeling this morning. <laughs> and I walk into our studio, no slippers to be found. Now, I went back to the green room. I was like, maybe because I did first take and get up on Friday, I might have left them back there. No, they mm. weren't back there either. And so I came back to the studio. I'm retracing my steps from Friday, and I remember bringing the slippers back to the control room, which is right outside of our studio. And the reason why I didn't put them in the closet in our studio was because one Bart Scott mm. was getting ready to do Bart and Han for 98.7 ESPN locally in New York right. at noon on Friday, which is when I was wrapping up with First Take. Mm. So I'm not saying that Bart Scott took the slippers. But you're not, I'm, not saying I'm that. I'm not not saying that either. And so I hope that's not the case, mm. but we got to get to the bottom of this mystery. Right now it's Slippergate. Slippergate is in full effect. Who would take your slippers, though? Your worn slippers. Well, what size shoe did yeah, you It wear? wasn't like they were brand new slippers. <laughs> what size like, these shoe? These were well they broken were, in. They were loved. Yeah, they, they were, were loved. loved. What size shoe are you? 15. 15. So we would need someone who could potentially fit into a 15, maybe. Yeah. Right, I I'm wear, not going to take it. But, but hold on, though. But like Small said, though. Who is stealing somebody else's slippers? They do look nice. Uh, but they're not they're not new though. Clearly they're worn. Right. That's like stealing somebody's toothbrush to try to use it. Like totally. why would you why totally. would you do that? Ugh. Well, like like here's the thing. If somebody accidentally took them and they were like, Yeah, I thought they were my slippers. I was wearing them around the house this weekend. I'm like, you know what? Cool, you can keep those. Buy me a new pair of slippers because I'm not putting my feet back in there after you had your dogs in there. There's no chance. Why would somebody steal? Some well-used, worn slippers. It makes no sense. Who other else? than to put me in a bad mood. There's some theory other, going other on. than to put me in a bad mood. Now well, somebody, somebody, somebody might be plotting against me. Somebody might want my pain to be their entertainment, and that mm. happens. But I just don't understand why you would take another man's slippers. There's some thievery going on because I walked in today and I went to go look for my coffee mate. I have fat-free French vanilla coffee mate that I bring from home. Sure, not there. I don't know Small- if those are the same things. I'm just saying, there's something weird going on because Smalls is looking for her pen, her I, go-to pen. It wasn't in here the either. The purple pen is gone too. 
Something's going on here. I have this. I mean, we right might then. need to put a nanny cam in here at this point, right? Like we, <laughs> I mean, there we, are a lot of we, we need, in here. yeah, but we don't have any cameras on twenty four hours. We need something rolling twenty four hours just so we can kind of mm. connect the dots when it comes to some of these, okay, but some of these strange goings on. My right. pen could have been moved when someone was cleaning in here. Evan's coffee mate could have been expired, or they're cleaning out no, the fridge and no. it's out. I buy it every week for this. Okay, but I'm I'm saying there's maybe a reason that someone was cleaning out the fridge or it was an accident. Who is taking another man's slippers? I don't know. That is the I weirdest no thing idea. I could ever think of, unless it's a personal attack. That's what it feels like. So then it's, it's only like Bart. It feels personal. Somebody it's went personal. <laughs> it's only Bart. Somebody went personal. It's only Bart. I don't understand why he's why he wants well, to attack me. I, I was going to say, that's your guy. No, it can't be my guy. It not. can't be my guy if he's doing that. <laughs> mm. Is there anyone else around here that you think in a fun way would prank you? No. No. So it's we're squarely no. on a. Bart Scott. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think I don't think anybody has the confidence to prank me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well people said. Look, people look at me like, oh, I don't know about that one. Maybe, maybe the joke is not gonna be that funny. It's it's not the payoff might not be worth the risk. True. Just That's putting it out fair. there. <laughs> that is fair. I'm trying to think, is there anyone else who could potentially take the slippers? And you're positive. It's not anywhere around here. I'm positive the last time I was in this studio to drop the slippers off, Bart Scott was in here. That that I am assured of. Yeah. Joe Fortenball wasn't in here, was he? No, Fortenball's <laughs> in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fortenball. Would he have in driven in here just to take the slippers? Or would he have gotten a proxy to do it for That's him? what I'm wondering. Mm. He is our friend. That's not, you know what, Joe and Carlin, that's not about, like, they're not above that. That's they're not I'm above thinking. that. They're, they're not above I that. I also don't want to accuse, but we do have a new member of our team in Rob over here who does social and digital. Rob? I don't think Rob would do that. You don't think? I don't think Rob would do but that. But do you know? I'm a pretty good judge of character. I okay. don't think Rob would right. do I'm that. I'm just saying. I, I mean, don't think Rob would do that. <laughs> all right. All right. He's wearing so, first. Just like <laughs> I didn't think the 49ers would whoop the Eagles' ass yesterday. I didn't think that either. I didn't think I did. that either. I, I, mean, I, I didn't see that either. That's one thing I did think. There's a lot of things I did not think. And I did. I think we all thought that Alabama would get in to the college football playoff. And they did yesterday. Or yesterday. But... The storyline is Florida State. Everybody's going crazy about Florida State not getting into the college football playoff because of the fact they're undefeated. It's the first time ever an undefeated conference champion from a Power Five is left out. Here's the way that I've been looking at this this entire time. The Florida State team that got to a place of 10-0, 9-0, had a star character in that, that conversation in Jordan Travis. He gets hurt. They had to play with a third-string quarterback the other night against Louisville. I have a hard time suggesting that they're one of the four best teams in America. I just don't think they are. And in fact, where I think the committee actually got this wrong was putting Florida State five. They should have put them six. They should have put them six. And I know that hurts for a lot of the FSU fans out there, but if you're going to go with the four best teams argument, guys, Smalls, how is Georgia not better than Florida State as constituted today? Well, they have one loss, Evan. They did lose to but Alabama. That, but that right, but that's not how they're telling us they're going about it. Mm -mm. Sure, but if you're Florida State, it doesn't matter what injuries you incurred, even if it is your star player. They they took care of business. They handled their job. They won out. And even though on Friday we all predicted this, we all predicted that Alabama would win and that they would get in either them or Georgia, because there has to be an SEC team in the mix. If I'm Florida, I am so furious. I have done everything that was asked of me. I won every game that was on my schedule. I overcame a massive obstacle, and I'm just dismissed because you would rather put an SEC team in there? Yeah. 
I get it from a consumer standpoint. I think Alabama is better, and I want to watch them. It's a more compelling storyline. If I'm a Florida State fan, I feel like the system is rigged and that an SEC team is always going to carry more weight, so why even try as currently constituted? Well, here's the thing. The committee had six teams from the SEC in the, the penultimate top 25 rankings for the playoffs. So the committee told us that the SEC is by far and away the stronger of the two conferences with stacking it up with the ACC. Even though the ACC head-to-head had a winning record against the SEC, on the whole, the SEC is the tougher conference. So the argument is not about being an undefeated team from a Power 5 conference. It's weighting the SEC versus the, the roster of the ACC teams. And I think that's where the subjectivity and having the two dozen members of the committee watching the games comes into play, right? Because if it's all about just being undefeated team in a Power Five conference, then you don't need a committee for that. You you could just rely on a computer to right. take care of that math. Yeah. Like the, the committee is there to to break down the context, to go into the nuance of whether or not this team stacks up and whether or not they're one of the four best teams in the country. And I think the committee got it right, even though it's seemingly unfair to Florida State. You, there's no world that exists that you can make the argument that the SEC champion doesn't belong in the college football playoff, especially a one-loss SEC champion. If we're going to say head-to-head matters, all of this stuff, well, Alabama has the best head-to-head win of anybody in the Final Four teams. They have the best win when it comes to their resume versus Michigan. They have the best win when it comes to their resume versus Washington or their resume versus Texas. So how in the world do you want to keep that team out? I don't. And I, I totally agree with you. And I'm like, it stinks for FSU. It stinks that this happened to them. I totally understand it. But if we're going to look at the best teams, and this has been the argument all weekend, is the most deserving teams versus the best teams. Here's where the committee also messed up. Florida State should not have been in the top four the last couple of weeks. Because in essence, what you're telling me is that the way in which they look at it, why would they be in the top four the last couple of weeks, but not in the top four this week? They should have dropped them. They should have done what we suggested, which is the moment Jordan Travis gets hurt, I'm sorry, you're not going to be in consideration the way that they should have Well, been. that did happen. They did drop out. But and out then, of and, and, then, and then Ohio State lost. Right, but they should have gone they moved further back, down. And then they moved back up. They should have gone further down, and that's part of my argument. And, and I, I think when you look at FSU overall, reminder, by the way, and I heard Paul Feinbaum say this, if they, they are going to rely on their conference schedule and being undefeated in the conference schedule, why did they ask out of their conference? They, they came to the table a couple of months ago and said, we don't want to be here anymore. They basically wanted to be in the SEC. Because of something like this. Well, okay. <laughs> but they also acknowledge being in this conference is not good. But Smalls, here's the thing. In order to put FSU in, you got to take somebody up. I understand. It's a game of musical chairs. So who do you Not everybody's going to have a chair. I think that the committee got it right from a co- um, compelling standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, possibly from the best team standpoint. But the message that you're sending is that the SEC is always going to be weighted higher than every other conference. And I think that there's going to be far-reaching ripple effects from this. We've already seen conference realignment become such a massive part of the college football landscape. But if you're Florida State and you realize there's literally nothing else that I can do to beat the SEC in this type of a scenario, why am I here? Smalls, let me ask you a question. Are we sure this is all going to go away, this controversy, when it expands to 12 teams? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because it feels like there's always going to be a team on the outside looking in that has a legitimate gripe, that has an axe to grind. The level of subjectivity that's involved with this is always going to open the door to scrutiny. Like one of the reasons why we love the NFL playoffs 
is because there is no subjectivity. Everybody already understands the rules. In order to get into the playoffs, you got to win your division or you got to be in a situation where you have a better record than everybody else that's in your conference. I, I don't know if there's a way that the NCAA and all of the Power Five schools can get together and organize the playoff in a way where it eliminates the subjectivity of the committee involved. But to me, it feels like there's a situation where there's always going to be scrutiny, even if we open it up to 12 teams. Think about this. We talk about the NCAA tournament, and we have this selection show on Sunday, and everybody wants to scrutinize it, and 68 teams yeah. get into the NCAA it's over. tournament. You can't anymore. But, but, but yeah. I guess my whole point is everybody always wants to make an argument or make a case why they should have been in over somebody else. And everybody assumes that it's going to go away when we expand the playoffs from four teams to 12. And I don't think that goes away. I don't think so. So I, I don't know what the perfect solution is. Now, clearly, the system that they're implementing is better than the system that we have in place now. But I still wonder, is there a way to satisfy all parties? Because it's starting to feel less and less like that's actually going to happen. They could do it, but they won't do it. The way to do it is take all the Power 5 schools and create two conferences like we have in every other sport and have standings and not rankings. They'll never do that because they're going to leave all the non-Power 5 schools out, obviously, in that scenario. So it'll never happen. But you're right. I think we're going to have controversy of those 12. Well, how come six of them are in the SEC? Well, because the SEC is better. That's why. And, like, my argument, I just, I'm going to add one other thing to this. I have a bigger problem with Georgia not in than Florida State not in. And so much so, if you said to me, could, would you put Georgia in? Who would you put them over? I'd put them over Washington. I don't care. I'm fine with that. Like, that's how good I think that Georgia and Alabama are. And Washington shouldn't be left out. But Florida State does not have as much of an argument in my mind as Georgia does. 888-SAY-ESPN. You could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dots of Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dots of Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dots of Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Did they get it right? Should FSU be in? And if so, who should be out? Plus, who stole CeCe's slippers? <laughs> we will find out about that and a big game in the NFC with Big Dom. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, boy. Niners, dominant performance yesterday over Pat Costello, our producers, Philadelphia Eagles, and Dom. We'll get to Big Dom and the Eagles. Quick question, quick yeah. question on 49ers-Eagles. 
cooler corny that the 49ers showed up, everybody wearing all black. They won, so cool. So cool? Because, all black, because they won. Because they won? If they lost, we'd use it against them. Okay. If they lost, we said they showed up to their own funeral I mean, they, and all they, black. They, 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 dominate, they, they dominated, no I doubt. Thought, I but it was I still cool. thought it was a little corny. You though. did? I thought it was a little corny. I thought it was cool. A little cornball. For a regular season game, a little cornball. Little you never cornball coordinated league. outfits with your teammates? No. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you what we ain't gonna do. Matter of fact, there is a running joke for an insurance company commercial where Steph Diggs and Von Miller show up in oh, the yeah. same outfit. That's right. That that that's just not not necessarily something that you want to do. Probably not gonna see that commercial anytime soon. Uh, with either. one of them, he will. Not the other one. Yeah. All right, biggest beef with the college football playoff. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Doctor Pepper, call in line. Ryan in St. Louis, listening on one hundred one point one in St. Louis. What's up, Ryan? Good morning. How's everybody doing? Morning. All right. They got one team wrong. Michigan should not be in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You've got an NCAA investigation over your head. You've looked pedestrian. You beat up on Iowa, who has no offense. And even though you beat my Buckeyes, hey, you're not as good as you think you are. Look at how they reacted when they saw they got Alabama in the first round. They're going to get rolled, and I am no Nick Saban fan, but let me tell you something. Michigan's going to get exposed for the frauds that they are. Bama is going to run rough shot over them. you got to keep Texas in there because they beat Bama. Washington beat a very good Oregon team twice in one season, which is a very difficult thing to do. So, yeah, three out of four they got right. Michigan shouldn't be there. Put Georgia in there. Put FSU in there. But Michigan should not be playing. And if they do somehow manage to get past Bama, you know, much like the Fab Five, they're going to see those banners come down because there is no way that that's going to stand. Well, okay. <laughs> I hate, 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 hate. Like the well, con- I love it. I love it. That's what makes Michigan-Ohio State the best rivalry 100%. in all of sports right there. That phone call. That was personal. That phone. That is exactly. Like, I'm rooting for all the bad things in life to happen to Michigan and nobody else. That That's the kind of energy that that last caller was giving us. I mean, you can make the argument that because there's an investigation, should a team be allowed. But, like, what if the investigation provides a team the information to clear themselves? You're just not – I don't mean in this case. I'm saying in, in any, you can't have that approach of while an investigation, you're going to have a team on the outside looking. Michigan it was the most obvious in-team there was. Well, the Big Ten already levied a punishment against Michigan. Exactly. Yeah, say what you want. That was what the conference and all of its members agreed upon. We're going to take Jim Harbaugh off the field for three games, and we'll see what happens. So, Ohio State fans, I understand your frustration in all of this. But you're really not mad at Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. What you're mad at is why Ryan Day can't beat Michigan with Jim Harbaugh not on the sidelines. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, that was that was a personal call about yeah. Ohio State-Michigan. But he did have a good point. Ryan did have a good point. Their reaction when they found out they drew yes. Alabama, not great. Pretty and, telling. And here's the thing. Conspiracy theorists would say, well, maybe this might be a, a de facto punishment for Michigan with the sign-stealing scandal, giving them Alabama and put Alabama at the fourth spot as opposed to giving them Texas. Yep. I mean, think about it. Of the semifinals, which one is spicier, Michigan-Alabama or Washington-Texas? Not debatable. Michigan-Alabama. I'll go one step further. Of the three possible games we will see, the most interesting game is the Michigan-Alabama game, more than the championship game. No doubt. Oh, I agree, which is why I was kind of surprised that they didn't split those up to put them on a pathway to an inevitable natty. Because they weren't going to put Alabama above Texas, most likely because of the head-to-head. Will in Virginia listening on Sirius XM80. What's up, Will? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, listen, I wanted to uh, kind of push back on this whole argument that uh, that I've heard, I think, you and, and others make around the uh, losing the starting quarterback for FSU and that being the reason why they didn't make it in. 
you know, how, how would this be any different than an NFL team who had qualified for the playoffs, but then they lost their starting quarterback? Okay. There is no, right. there is no right. committee. Win. Hold on, but here's the thing. There is no committee that decides who gets in the NFL playoffs. There, there is no subjectivity with the NFL playoffs. It's based off of standings, period, point blank. There, there is no. Group. I don't understand there, this argument. There, there that is no, had there is no crazy. committee of twenty-four people that are deciding who gets into the it's, NFL playoffs. Yes, such a ridiculous argument. But I think the the point that's trying to be made is when Nick Foles steps in for Carson Wentz, the Eagles still go on to win the Super Bowl. So there's a chance that if an undefeated Power Five champion could still get in and go on to win despite having a massive injury. Right, but then your beef is with the system and not the people voting because the system allows people to vote. The system in the NFL does not allow people to vote. No. It's 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 just the most ridiculous argument that I've – I'm not saying you're making this most. I'm saying I've heard so many people make this – the Nick Foles argument, the Jeff Hostetler back in the day with the Kurt Giants Warner. argument, Kurt Warner argument – well, it's so – well, Kurt Warner was the beginning of the season, but I get what you're saying. But it's still, so no, ridiculous. no one would have thought that they could move on it's without – standings, not rankings. Game. You can clinch. You can't clinch in the college football playoff. It's impossible. It doesn't – it's just not apples to apples. Well, well listen, here's the thing. We're, we're not even talking about Jeff Hotstetler or Kurt Warner or Nick Foles. At this point with Florida State's quarterback situation, we're talking about Willie Beeman. Like, it's their third-string quarterback. Willie Did anybody Beeman. watch Brock Glenn on Saturday night against Louisville? 55 yards. That's what I'm saying. There's no way you can look at that performance and say, hey, that is one of the four best teams in all of college football. No way in hell. And what the committee is trying to avoid is what we saw last year when you got TCU rolled in the national championship game against Georgia. Does anybody want to see what? 65 to 7 again? No, that does was anybody awful. Does anybody want to see that again? No. And by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. The three of us were not working together at that point. So we have to trust the truth. I said then, I didn't want TCU in the college football playoff. No. I wanted out. Alabama because I'm sorry I, I I went to University of Wisconsin I'm all in on the Big Ten in Wisconsin but I'm an SEC snob I'll be the first to admit it the SEC is just better than everybody else big boy football I mean just <laughs> it's the oh, NFL G League I mean yeah, yeah seriously it's the NFL G League. Are, are we going to deny that I mean again the argument is more Georgia today than FSU and everyone's focusing on FSU Georgia's better than them that's the argument and neither of them, I get why neither of them are in. Listen, Georgia's better than them. Ohio State? Ohio State's better than them. Keep going? Or uh, no? I, mean, we, we, I mean, do you want to keep Oregon's, Oregon's better Oregon, than them? As constituted really today. Yeah, what, like, what like, we're talking like, about. We can, we can keep doing this chapter first. Alabama's better. Like, all of those teams are better than Florida State. Today. So, today. Right. So, so the whole deserves argument versus the best. It does have some legitimacy to it. Like when you look at the two, uh, look at all the teams. The eye test tells you that those teams are better than Florida State. Now, what Florida State's head coach and their AD and everybody that supports the program is saying is that you can't prognosticate and say that these teams are going to be more competitive than than Florida State would in a college football playoff. But we all know that Las Vegas prognosticates for a reason. We just had Joe Fortenbaugh come on late last week, and he told us double digit, right? they would be double-digit dogs to all of the teams that are in the playoffs. And that was with their second-string quarterback. Well, that was with Tate Rodemaker, not yeah. Brock Glenn. Yeah. What if I told you so, the third-string quarterback exactly. was in there? So, why, so why, I don't, I, that's the part I don't understand. Like, I get it. You feel slighted. You did all of the things. You went undefeated. You played what you thought would be a tough non-conference schedule, a couple of SEC teams in there, and it didn't work out for you. That's what happens. That is what you open yourself up to when you have this kind of format for a playoff scenario. 
All right, you heard the Niners Radio Network on KNBR coming back there. We're going to get into that game coming up. Niners and Eagles, obviously a statement game for the San Francisco 49ers. An amazing win last night uh, that I got dead wrong, I'll be the first to admit, with Green Bay over Kansas City. We will get into Week 13 NFL coming up with a little upon further review with CeCe coming up next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Eagles Radio Network, 94 WIP of the loss yesterday. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive. Dot com. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We will continue to get your phone calls in on the college football playoff at 888-SAY-ESPN. But the game of the weekend in the NFL, at least going in, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and the Niners annihilated the Eagles 42-19. Ooh. Brock Purdy, 19 of 27, 314, four touchdowns, which means for one second here, you know what that means. We get to sing? It was Purdy. Purdy. Good. Rocking all night long? <laughs> Purdy, Purdy rocking all night long. And he did rock. Wow. Purdy. Do you know what he had yesterday? They had minus six yards in the first quarter. Yep. And then on they had two punts, and on their next six possessions, scored touchdowns. Ugh. The most entertaining part of the game for the <laughs> Eagles was the security guard, Dom. Big Dom. Oh, I didn't know that everyone was supposed to know, right? I, I pride myself, we all do, on our preparation. Like, hey, we know this stuff. We're preparing notes, the whole deal. The internet blew up yesterday when this guy, Dom, gets into it with Dre Greenlaw. And I got to be honest, I never heard of Dom. Did you know Dom? No, I didn't know Dom. But, but, but clearly, everybody else but clearly now America knows Dom. Dom. Everybody in Philly knew Dom. Yeah. But now America Dom. knows Dom. But let's be clear about one thing. Like, Dre Greenlaw got into it with Dom. Dom was just doing his damn job because he is the Eagles' chief of security. So he's supposed to try to break it up when players are getting into it. And that was a personal foul by Dre Greenlaw. You can't suplex a guy no. on the sidelines and get away with it in the NFL with the emphasis on player safety. Dom was doing his job. There is no world that exists where it's okay for Dre Greenlaw to smack the guy in the face. I could not agree like, more. So you, you compound a, a, an egregious infraction by suplexing Devontae Smith with then hitting one of their staff members in the face. You deserve to have your ass thrown out of that game. You need to have some damn act right. That was completely uncalled for by Dre Greenlaw. 
I, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I like CC is so good with his football analysis, and then he just Dom's got his hit. Like we're talking about Dom. Who Big the hell Dom. is this you know, guy? You know whose side I'm going to take in that fight? Was. I know, but it's funny that this guy's now a thing. Big Dom. Dom. Big Dom is a guy. You know whose side <laughs> I'm going to take in that fight? The guy with the gold chain and the Italian flag patch on his shoulder and on his hat. Hello. Hello. I'm taking Big Dom's is, side. Is in this he one. a bigger star today than anybody else in Philadelphia based on their performance Big, yesterday? Big Dom is never going to pay for a meal in Philly again. Oh my well, God. Big Dom. Big Dom did his job and then some yesterday because he did get one of the best defensive players for the 49ers thrown out. Didn't seem to matter. Yeah, though. it didn't matter. Wow. Didn't seem to matter. It didn't matter. Okay, so <laughs> we look at San Francisco. I was thinking about this. There's probably never a time in your career, CC, playing for the Cowboys, Ravens, and Giants that you ever had a six possession in a row touchdown either for you or against you. If I had to guess blindly, right? It might have happened in one of those Brooke Bollinger starts. Again, why do we have to keep going <laughs> back to my University of Wisconsin Just tell you how bad he was. <laughs> We're going to have to get him on at some point. No, we don't. We don't need I, I don't need any more Brooks Bollinger in my life. So good. this tells you more yesterday about San Francisco or Philly, guys? San uh, Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I think right. it tells me more about San Francisco. I mean, they showed up in the all-black. They were all business, and they took care of it. They exercised those demons from the conference championship game uh, a year ago, and I think it was important for them from a confidence standpoint because considering where the Eagles are at in the standings, they have the inside track to be able to secure a home field advantage. So if you're the 49ers, you might have to go back to the scene of the crime in the playoffs. You might have to go back to the league and get a win. It does worlds for your confidence as a team, knowing that you can go in there and get a dub because had you lost yesterday – knowing the rest advantage you had, knowing the two games that the Eagles were coming off of, if you couldn't find a way to win under those circumstances, why would you think you could get a win when it mattered even more for both teams? So I think having proof of concept goes a long ways for the 49ers in order to accomplish their ultimate objective, which is winning a championship. Absolutely, and I, I don't think it can be understated how important it was to go on the road, go into a tough environment in Philly and be able to have a performance like that. It wasn't even close. I mean, once... San Francisco flipped the script in the second quarter. It was not even close, you guys. It looked like two totally different teams that were playing out there. And I, in looking at this game heading into this weekend, noticed that a lot of these Philly games were, were close. And we kept saying that we might not have seen the best version of the Philadelphia Eagles yet, but they kept finding different ways to win. And if this, again, CC was one of those measuring stick games, the Philly, or, or excuse me, San Francisco took the measuring stick and beat <laughs> Philadelphia with it. And we, we know that when San Francisco is healthy and when Brock Purdy is out there, that they have had a lot of success. When he's healthy, he's very poised, he's able to execute, and they have a lot of success. They're a dominant team. And, Evan, you might be right about your prognostication that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it, like I said it, what, two or three weeks ago. It wasn't like some bold statement. It was just because I'm, I'm choosing one of the five best teams in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. It's not like I'm choosing the Texans, who I'm not insulting. I'm saying that would be a bold statement. I was just – there was a moment and moments still over the last few weeks that just made me certain this is the team. This is the team. That if they're healthy, this is the team. That I can't figure out, are they really strong or are they really fast? And the answer is yes, they're both. I'm, and I'm talking about their skill position, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, you watch Debo. Is he strong or is he fast? And the, uh, right. <laughs> but think about that. Almost all other skill position guys you look at and say they're either really strong or really fast. They have a combination of both of these things. And Brock Purdy just throws to the open guy all the time. After, and, and you want to know how he does through adversity? They were terrible in the first quarter, and then he's just slinging it the rest of the game. I think he's squarely back in the MVP conversation right now.
Yeah, I think you have to consider it. But I, I think yesterday had more to do with the rest disparity than anything else. I mean, we talked about it. The Eagles – defense was on the field against the Buffalo Bills in an overtime game for over 40 minutes. They played 92 snaps in that game. That was coming off of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs where they were on the field over 32 minutes. So thinking about those two matchups, those two opponents, and then the San Francisco 49ers having played on Thanksgiving night and having three extra days of rest and preparation going into that matchup, I thought that made a big difference. So I'm not going to jump out of the window and say that the Eagles have no chance of beating the 49ers if these two teams link up again. What I what I will say is that I do expect that that will be a more closely contested game than each of the previous two matchups, the NFC Championship game or the game we saw yesterday. And in a close matchup, because I've seen the Eagles do it more, I would lean in that direction, especially if that game is in the link. But make no mistake about it. I think these two teams after yesterday – are back on a collision course to meet in the NFC Championship game in January. So, so you're taking the Cowboys out of the mix? I am taking the Cowboys out of the mix. Now, I will say this. Yesterday might have been the best and the worst thing to happen to the Dallas Cowboys. I agree. Because now the door is open for them to get at least a share of the division if they win in Jerry, Jerry's World next Sunday. But you're going to get a pissed-off Eagles team rolling in there. They, they, they just got blasted by the 49ers, embarrassed in front of the eyes of the football world. They lost by 23 points. It wasn't close. Just just understand the kind of animal that's going to be rolling up on you in Jerry's world next Sunday. I, I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not saying that the Cowboys have no shot. What I'm saying is that the, the task is much more monumental than I would have predicted before yesterday's game. Very much agree with you on that. Question also late in the game. I was I was surprised after Jalen Hurts left the game for concussion protocol, is cleared to come back in. It's a three-score game, I think, at that point. They put him back in. Were you guys surprised they put Hurts back in? No. You thought it was the right move just in case? No, it's the right move. Okay. It's the right move. You don't want to send a message that we're waving a flag against anybody. And you always want to give that guy, Jalen Hurts, a chance. If he's healthy enough to play, then let him go out there and play. I think it speaks to the kind of person that he is, the sports character, and then also the leadership intangibles. If everybody else is dying the long, slow, the, the, the lonely death out there, if this is the long goodbye for all of the other starters, then why, should, then why shouldn't it be for Jalen Hurts? Fair. Fair. I just was surprised after leaving a game for concussion protocol that they even bothered putting him back in. But, yeah, he is the ultimate competitor. That is as good of a win as you're going to see on the road at least. I, I thought yesterday. the biggest thing yesterday was the Eagles not taking advantage of the early red zone opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yep. I so mean, had, had, had they cashed in early on when their defense was suffocating the 49ers in the first quarter, if you're able to go up by double digits, if you get a touchdown in the field goal or you get two touchdowns, all of a sudden, that game tilts. The 49ers aren't as balanced. They don't have Christian McCaffrey to lean on in the running game. And you allow your pass rush to heat up that offensive line for the 49ers. It becomes a completely different game. But that just shows you how razor thin the margins for error are with these two teams when they link up. I'm so glad you said that because so many times when we break down games and discuss games, we don't realize stuff in the first quarter counts the same as stuff in the fourth no quarter. No doubt. No we doubt. forget that part yeah. of it because yeah. it's easy just to look at the fourth quarter. But what you just said, I could not agree with more. The key to the game were those two drives in the first quarter where they didn't convert it to touchdowns. And there were some bad sacks by Jalen Hurts. Like, I get everybody's going to cite the pressure numbers and what the 49ers front was able to do. Wasn't no pressure early on on Jalen Hurts. He was just holding the ball forever in the day. 
I mean, that guy had a time to check his Instagram account. <laughs> he had time to order a coffee. He was just back there patting the rock. Like, like he was burping a baby. Like, that's, that's, that's what he was doing. And, and like, he's got to understand, with that type of defense, you got to win early in the down going through your progression. Like, you're not going to get a whole lot of opportunities for those off-schedule second reaction plays. You got to get the ball out of your hand on schedule and trust the X's and O's from Nick Sirianni and their offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. That's what you got to do against that type of team. You can get away with that stuff against other opponents. You ain't going to get away with it with that 49ers defense. Per ESPN bet, Brock Purdy favored in the MVP. Dak Prescott second in the MVP voting right now in terms of the, the odds right now, just to note there. All right, coming up, CC has a round of upon further review. Next, on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, CC. Upon further review, what did you notice yesterday that we all should be thinking uh, about? Yeah, first of all, I'm noticing this NFL music, which is always the best. And I'm not surprised by it because we do it every week. But it never gets old. It hits. I, I don't take it for granted. The NFL music is phenomenal. All right, well, let's get into upon further review. Shall we, Javante? Chiefs at Packers. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers are going to make the playoffs. And that Week 9 win over the L.A. Rams could be the difference. The Rams had an impressive home win against the Browns. But the Green Bay Packers won a game that nobody thought they could. Six-point dogs going into that game last night at home against the Chiefs. And they looked anything but. They dominated that game from the opening kickoff. And you saw how surgical Jordan Love was early on the first couple of possessions. Last night on the whole, Jordan Love, 25-36, 267 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, since week nine, Jordan Love is third in QBR. Now, Ev, can you remind me, who are the top two MVP favorites right now? Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott. Okay, so Jordan Love is right under those guys in QBR since week nine. Since week nine, this dude is third in passing yards. He's second in touchdowns as well. Jordan Love has had 11 touchdowns to two interceptions over the last five games. He is hitting his stride. It's the second half of the season, and Matt LaFleur said it going into last night's game. This guy has made a 1,000 snaps worth of mistakes, and now he's starting to figure it out because he's seeing things for the fourth and fifth time, Mm -hmm. and he's making the right decisions. This is a dangerous Green Bay Packers team. They are getting hot, and this is a team that you got to watch out for because they are a wild-card team that can upset somebody during the wild-card round of the playoffs. That's how much I believe in the Green Bay Packers and what I saw last night. And credit to Smalls because she was the only person I heard that actually picked the Packers outright in this game. We talked about the idea of the Packers against the spread. Smalls said Packers outright. You were doing get up at that point when she yeah, did that. Yeah, but she said that as well when I came back on and when we made our picks, and now she has a veto going into this week. She's got a veto. Veto Friday. We're wrong. Damn you <laughs> for talking was, me knew, into this. Damn you. Damn you. And did I, did I not say the Broncos were also due for an upset? You said that After too. After winning five in a row, I knew they get, were due. Give that woman her flowers. Give them her flowers. Can I just say one, one other thing very quickly about the Packers here? They're going to no. fit. Go ahead. 
I was gonna say no. I was gonna say no. This is not. This is not your segment. Go, go, go. Take it. Take it. I'm gonna say one more thing about the Packers. Of note, Matt Lafleur, since he's been the head coach of the Packers, 16 and 0 in December. Sixteen and zero in December in five seasons. Sixteen and zero. Just go put that out there. Next, <laughs> Dolphins at Commanders. Speaking of MVPs, Tyreek Hill for MVP. Tyreek Hill for MVP in a season where every MVP favorite seems a little bit flawed. Tyreek Hill continues to produce at a historic clip against Washington yesterday. He goes for five catches, one hundred fifty-seven yards, two tuds, on pace right now. For 2,098 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 132 grabs. Yesterday's performance for 150 yards marked the fifth 150-yard receiving game this season. That ties an NFL single-season record with Tim Brown, Antonio Brown, and Jerry Rice. Pretty damn good company for Tyreek Hill to be in. It'll be a photo finish for the Miami Dolphins because they do have something to play for down the stretch. The number one seed in the AFC is up for grabs. They're firmly in the mix for that, having a 9-3 record. So, yeah, they're going to be meaningful games. And Tyreek Hill is going to be called on early and often by Mike McDaniel, Tua, and that offense to continue to do what he's doing. But if he smashes the single-season receiving record set by Calvin Johnson once upon a time, why shouldn't this guy win the MVP of the league? Because his quarterback should then. If you're telling me Tyreek Hill deserves it, I'd vote for Tua. I just I won't vote for a non-quarterback if I had a vote. Then, I won't. Then, then, then at this point, it's just a quarterback award. You're right. Agree. At this and point, it's at this point, it's just a quarterback it's, award. I mean, if you're breaking NFL records and, and you're and you're doing it, and your team ends up being the division winner and potentially the number one seed in the conference, then yeah, I, I think you deserve that award. I, I don't think. Here's the thing, and I know this is going to sound like a hot take, and this is not to disrespect Tua because I think he's having a fine season. But I don't think anybody looks at that and says Tua is better football player than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek makes Tua better. No doubt. No doubt. Which is why they traded a first-round pick plus in order to get Tyreek Hill from the Kansas City Chiefs. Next. The Dallas Cowboys. Well, everybody's asking. The Cowboys didn't play yesterday. Why are we bringing up the Dallas Cowboys? And I'm bringing them up because the Philadelphia Eagles lost. And that's the team that's in front of them in the standings. And I will say this based on what happened yesterday. This is Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy's best chance at being able to get to the big game for Jerry Jones. This is their best chance at being able to get to the Super Bowl. Here's why. You're going to have an opportunity to compete for the division title. Maybe the best record in the NFC as a whole. Now, you have to have a better record than the San Francisco 49ers because they beat you in the head-to-head matchup early on in Week 5. But that's not off the board if you take care of your business in this next gauntlet of games that you got, four-game stretch where you got the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. If you go undefeated during that stretch, you win out the regular season, there's a good chance that you could have the number one seed in the entire NFC. So that means that you're one of eight teams that has a chance to get to the big game, not one of 14. But what it also means is the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to be at home. And they've won what? 15 straight games at home, something like that. So if you're the Dallas Cowboys, knowing how good you've been at home, knowing the stakes that are out there in front of you, this all of a sudden ends up being a must-win game in Week 14 against the Philadelphia Eagles. And it represents, let me say this again, the best chance for Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy 
to go on a deep playoff run and get their team to the Super Bowl. Could not agree more. You all have all that time to rest, get ready for this game. They're coming off a loss. They've shown a bit of vulnerability. This is the Dallas Cowboys moment. I just want to point out one thing mathematically. If you don't win the NFC East, you're going to play at the NFC South in the first round. And if Detroit finishes with a better record than San Francisco, you're going to play at Detroit. It's not the worst thing in the world to drop to the five seed. Just throwing that out there. Well, they're in the five seed now. I'm saying if you're Philadelphia too, though. Either way, you're actually going to have an easier path than maybe most times because you're playing at the uh, uh, Falcons, let's say, in this spot. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to go on the road yeah. to win all of the games. I mean, unless you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, unless you believe you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, I don't know that there's anybody that's going to get that done. And the I, Cowboys way better at home. I get No, no, yeah. for the Cowboys, yes. I'm saying for Philadelphia, if they were to drop to the five seed and not win the division, I still don't think you should write them off. That's my point. Yeah, nobody's going to ever write the Philadelphia right. Eagles off. No, I think this is much more about the opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys than it is doom and gloom for the Philadelphia Eagles. I also don't want to forget about one thing that you said that I still think is very alive. The Lions could end up with the one seed. It's not crazy. Their schedule is not difficult in comparison to other teams. That I, th- I Even though they're not playing well, you said it m- a month ago. You said the idea of keep an eye on the Lions for the one seed, CC, and I don't think you're going to be wrong about this. I think they're going to be very much in the mix at the end of the season for the one seed. Well, the Eagles have a 48% chance, the Niners have a 41% chance, and the Cowboys have a 9% chance. That doesn't include the Lions. No. We're unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> this is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.